Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning into this episode. It's going to be a great episode. I'm joined by David Kaplan of NBC Sports Chicago and ESPN 1000. It's going to be a great show. We're going to be talking about many, many things concerning Chicago sports. But I know that this, the way I'm starting this episode is a little bit unorthodox from what, how I usually do it. But I wanted to start off by giving you guys a couple of updates that are related to some of the topics that I will be discussing with David Kaplan in this episode. And the main one is concerning the coronavirus. And today is March 11th, 2020. And a few updates came across my desk as I was trying to post this episode, trying to edit it. And I want to let you all know about it really quick. So the World Health Organization has declared this a pandemic, as we all pretty much expected, but there were two stories that came across my desk as I was trying to edit this episode for you guys. The first is not sports related, but something that really did catch my attention as somebody who is just a fan of this guy. Tom Hanks and his wife have been diagnosed with the coronavirus, so that was a little bit... uh, a little bit uh, going to see as somebody who is a fan of his and has been for a long time. But related to sports, the NBA has come out today. Again, this is March 11th, 2020. The NBA has come out today and has announced that the season is suspended indefinitely following Utah Jazz star player Rudy Gobert testing positive for the coronavirus. The Jazz game that is happening today or as now at this point had happened, it was suspended. It was suspended following this news and all games after today, again, Wednesday, March 11th, will be suspended. So, again, obviously this is very serious stuff. It has been serious for about, what has it been, a month or so? So, Again, I'm starting off this episode this way because I just want to say to everyone, I wanted to give you guys a quick update on the news, but I also want to say everyone to everyone, just be safe out there. Don't don't go out and not live your life the way you normally would. You know, just talk to your friends, talk to your families, do everything that you would normally do, but just take extra precaution because the government is seeing this as a very, very serious thing. Other world governments are seeing this as a very serious thing. And now private institutions like the NBA are taking this very seriously. MLB is, they discussed today as to how they deal with it, where the season may be delayed. And the NFL is continuing to monitor this as well as MLS. So just want to say to everyone, practice extra caution, be safe out there, wash your hands you know, just take care of yourself, take care of your loved ones, but continue to live your lives the way you normally would. This is not something that we should just be locking ourselves in a box and hoping that it just goes away. No, continue to live your life, continue to live your life to the fullest, but exercise extra precaution until hopefully this thing will go away soon. Again, extra caution, Be safe and continue to live your life. So with that said, let's get into the episode.
everyone. Welcome into In The Game. I'm your host, Luke Shakota. Such a pleasure to have you all listening in to today's episode. Really do appreciate it. You can follow the show on Twitter at In The Game Show. It's going to be a really good show for today because we welcome in our guest for today's episode. He is the host of Capping Company on ESPN 1000, Mondays through Fridays, 9 a.m. to noon. And he hosts many, many shows on NBC Sports Chicago, including but not limited to Sports Talk Live and Cubs pre and post. You can follow him on Twitter at The Cap Man. He is the Pope of Chicago sports. He is David Kaplan. Cap, how are you? Welcome to the program. Thanks for the kind words. Uh, it was pretty nice introductions. I could have written it better myself. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate you coming on the program today. And Cap, I want to start with some breaking news that we received today because I know you've been tweeting about this in the last couple of in the last couple of days that the NCAA has just announced that men's and women's tournaments will be held without fans due to scares of the coronavirus and obviously we know that the that the World Health Organization as well as the Department of Health here in the US they declared it a pandemic and they said to not have any any you know gatherings of a thousand people or more because of what is going on I mean you know what what was your reaction to this news and how are you feeling about it now no seeing that there are so many of these organizations so many of these of these games and these outreaches just getting shut down because of what is going on I mean you know I just landed in New York City I'm on my way to the hotel and I've got to do eight games over the next two days and there's always you know, a pretty good crowd at Barclays for the Atlantic 10 basketball tournament I'm going to do and I mean I I'm fully expecting to get an email or a text that's telling me no fans and just essential personnel, of which I would qualify because we're the broadcast outlet on NBCSN for Thursday and Friday of the eight games. But, you know, I land, I turn my phone on, the NCAA tournament is now banned all fans and only essential personnel and limited family. And now I just got a text from someone that, Major League Baseball is talking about starting the season late. It's not decided yet, but it's a possibility. I mean, we are in some amazing times. I mean, two weeks ago, we heard about something going on in China, and here we are. And one of my best friends is the head of infectious disease at a major Chicago hospital. He's been doing interviews on radio and TV, and he said a week ago, I said, you know, let's just relax, see where we're at. And a week later, he pulled his daughter out of her overseas schooling in London. She was spending a semester studying abroad and he's telling everybody, I do not believe there should be fans at any games right now until we get a handle on this. So we're, we're in an amazing time, man. Something we never thought we'd see. Do you think that these organizations are doing the right thing by either a canceling these games, canceling these tournaments and, or not having any fans show up and going forward with the games. Do you think they're doing the right thing, or is this kind of what a lot of people are saying, especially on Twitter, a little bit of an overreaction? Yeah, I think they are doing the right thing. Look, I listened to a, I'm listening to a podcast today, and I read all the quotes from the National Institutes of Health uh, infectious disease experts spoke to Congress, and he said, this is going to get worse before it's going to get better. Yeah. We absolutely should not have fans at sporting events right now. So, you know, look, 
guys have said, Twitter is where idiots go to play. Right. It has a value. I have a lot of followers. I use it to drive people to my show and you know give out some opinions. But there's a lot of idiots on Twitter because you don't need a license to get a Twitter account. All you need is a keyboard. And the people that think people are overreacting, we're t- I- I'm just telling you that I spoke to one of the foremost experts in the world. And this guy said to me, I'm the last guy who panics. And I'm not panicking. I'm just telling you, we need to get a hold of this. And there absolutely should not be fans. So I'm going to go with him. Yeah, I completely agree. And yeah, I'm one of the idiots on Twitter. And I see a lot of uh, dumber people than I am that are just saying, hey, why are we overreacting to this? Why is this such a big deal? Well, it's a big deal because not a lot of people know exactly what to do with it. That's the that's the big deal. It's not like we're dealing with another flu outbreak where we have a sense of what to do. This is uncharted territory, isn't it? This is uncharted territory. We've had SARS, we had swine flu, but we have never had it to this level where we're literally canceling games. I mean, the Golden State Warriors announced they're going to play an NBA game with nobody in the building except right. the players and the essential personnel. And, you know, what if they decide that they're going to delay the start of the Major League Baseball season by 30 or 60 days? I mean, do you know how many – I'm not talking millions. We're talking about billions of dollars that are affected. Yep. You know, what if you, what if you are a parking lot attendant? What if you're a vendor? What if you are – a ticket taker. How are those people supposed to feed their families if there's no games to go to work at? Right. And that's that's really the the rather unspoken truth about all of this. It gets lost in the shuffle here. But speaking of baseball, I had Danny Parkins on a couple of weeks ago and who you know obviously he's been on the on yeah, Sports Talk Live. Danny's a friend of mine. Yeah, absolutely. He's a he's a great guy. And I had him I had him on a couple of times, but two weeks ago I talked to him about about the Cubs, and we really spoke about this, what I believe the Cubs are doing with the Chris Bryant situation, because I I don't like talking about this uh, situation. I would rather them just get everything over with and then move on into actual baseball, but this is something that's going to linger over the course of the season, and I'm talking about Chris Bryant's status as a Chicago Cub going forward. And I get the sense, I don't know if you would agree or disagree with this, but I get the sense that the Cubs are either directly or indirectly choosing between Chris Bryant and Javier Baez as to who is going to remain on the team into the future. Do you get that sense or is this just a matter of the Cubs maybe not choosing between either one of them and they might not be able to afford either of them no matter what happens with this season? Well, we can unpack a lot there. First of all, I don't think they're choosing. I don't. I do think they can afford anyone they want. It's a I agree. A franchise. I had someone. I know Forbes just said there were three point two billion. I had someone else who would know, who's involved in the ownership group, say to me, "Hey man, that franchise. If you put it on the market, you're getting four billion. Four billion. So." We need to stop with the, we can't afford this, we have no money to spend. That's all nonsense. Agreed. But what I would say to you is, despite what Chris has said, and I love Chris, I have a good working relationship with him, I like him a lot, I think he's a quality human and a damn good player, the decision is, do you want to guarantee him seven or eight years? Full no trade, every dollar guaranteed, 
starting at roughly 30 to $35 million a year. I don't believe Theo Epstein feels he's worth that. I think Theo feels like he's a really good player. I'll give him a five-year deal, and I'll pay him well. But to guarantee eight years, full, no trade, where for eight years, he's yours, man. And if he doesn't play well or he gets hurt or your team changes their philosophy, you can't get rid of him without his blessing. And I don't think, my personal opinion, I don't believe Theo Epstein wants to make a commitment like that. Now, if you want to do a five-year deal and three team options at $35, $40 million a year, I think Theo would sign up today. But Scott Boris doesn't operate that way. Javi Baez does not have Scott Boris. Javi might be a little bit more attainable financially where you buy out the two years of arbitration that he's currently in. Right. And then you add onto it six years, perhaps four of those six are guaranteed, and another two at team options at whatever number, $30, $35 million a year. And it allows him to have a, 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 a not have to perform for the next two years at an incredibly high level and stay incredibly healthy so that he gets this massive contract extension. But what you may be able to get Javi for, I don't believe Boris and Bryant are interested in. I think Chris wants to stay. I think the Cubs have, despite what everyone says, I had Theo on last week and he said, look, we've offered extensions to every one of our core guys, every single one. And, you know, there's this perception out there that Chris was never offered an extension. That's not true. That is absolutely not true. He was. Now, was there guaranteed money that didn't equal where they wanted? Were there too many options? Was it, you know, a a contract structured that Boris had no interest in? Obviously, because he didn't sign it. But that's where I think the hang-up is. I just think Chris and Scott have a believe. I think Chris is a baseball player. He's going to play baseball. Scott's doing the business. And Scott's saying, the best players in the game are getting paid at third base. Nolan Arenado, Anthony Rendon, yeah. they're getting $35 million a year. They are, they've all got a full no trade, and they all have eight-year deals. Guess what? My guy's getting the same thing. And the Cubs are saying, yeah, your guy's not a free agent. Your guy has two years left of team control, so we're not going to go eight years. It's not going to do it. So that's where the hang-up is. And so, Cap, where do you think this ultimately ends up? Like, let's say, because I also brought this up to Danny, where let's say that Bryant has an MVP year this year, and let's say he plays 140 games. You know, he stays healthy, 140, 150 games. And he has an MVP-style year. He is in the conversation. Does that force uh, the Cubs' hand to try to keep him, or does it make him obviously more valuable on the trade market, and that's where they've ultimately made their decision. They're going to try to trade him. Where does this ultimately end up if that scenario plays out? Yes and yes. <laughs> obviously, if he stays healthy, he's gone two consecutive years where his health's been in question. Right. So if he stays healthy this year, and on top of that, he hits 45 bombs, hits bats 288 and drives in 120, yeah, Chris Bryant becomes an incredibly valuable trade chip and it completely strengthens his case of, hey man, I gotta be paid at the top of the market. But if Chris Bryant goes out and has another injury-plagued season and drives in 73 runs and 
is a good player, but you go, boy, is he, you know, that guy, or is he just a really, really good baseball player? Well, then that strengthens the Cubs' position in terms of the contract part. What I think is going to end up happening is he's going to play. He's going to make his 18.6 this year. Mm -hmm. He's going to go to arbitration next year and get like 25, 26. He'll cash out and make his 44, 43, 45 million, whatever the total guarantee is over the next two years. And then he'll test free agency if the Cubs are unable to trade him. They are absolutely interested in keeping him in the end. If he's not going to acquiesce somewhat on his demands, either have to trade him or accept that they're getting nothing in return other than a compensation pick. Well, that's certainly the hope for a lot of Cubs fans that he does stay around. And and obviously they're also hoping that this is going to be a bounce back year for the Cubs. And when it comes to actual baseball, what do you think, obviously you just came back from spring training. What do you think is the number one thing that is going to be contingent on the Cubs coming back and going back into the playoffs that maybe is not talked about quite as much because I think for me it's it's the bullpen and Craig Kimbrell now there's been a lot of discussion about Craig Kimbrell over this entire offseason but I think the bulk of the conversation has been on Chris Bryant's status and also the starting pitching but I think the bullpen is going to play a critical role what do you think is going to be the number one reason why the Cubs bounce back this year and make it to the playoffs offense their offense has got to be better it you know, broke. said two years ago at the end of the season our offense broke it broke and then last year it was that same one day you're getting six runs and one day you're getting one or shut out that offense has got to be better one two in 2016 their defense was as CBS Sportsline said historic historic maybe great. The, yeah. the best single season for a team defensively in the history of the sport and last year they were not very good. Albert Almora, who's a Gold Glove caliber center fielder, went from plus ten defensive runs saved to minus five in one season. That's crazy. Eighteen to nineteen, crazy. Crazy. So, look, they have a team of really good players. I just don't know if they have the right players. If you remember the movie Miracle, Herb Brooks <laughs> has got a sheet out, and his assistant <laughs> coach Craig Patrick says. But, Herb, you're missing some of the best players. One of the greatest scenes ever. I'm not looking for the best players. I'm looking for the right players. There you go. And I'm just not convinced that top to bottom, 1 to 26, they're good enough. They're starting rotation, good, not elite. I love Kyle Hendricks. He's my favorite. You, Darvish, very good. Which John Lester are you getting? Yeah. Which Tyler Chatwood are you getting? Jose Quintana? Look, they're going to regret that trade for the – you know, as long as Theo's in baseball, it's a bad trade. It is what it is. You can't, nothing you can do about it now. But all that said, in the end, they have good talent. But you're telling me that the biggest change you made was from Joe Madden to David Ross, and that's going to fix everything? I hope to God they know what they're doing. <laughs> well, as I leave you with this last thing, I wanted to discuss a little bit about the Bulls and a little bit more in the grander context of where they are compared to Chicago sports. I mean, 
I never thought that they were going to be a playoff contender this year. I never thought that that was realistic because I think that was really contingent on a lot of these guys coming together and actually being healthy and playing together. But do you think that they have been, from 2019 to now, the biggest disappointment in Chicago sports? Or is it the Bears? Is it the Blackhawks? Or was it the Cubs? I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, we had this topic on my uh, TV show the other day and on radio. My number one most disappointing team, Chicago Cubs, hands down. Because if we think back to last fall before the Bears season, late last summer, there were how many people criticizing Mitchell Trubisky? He's having a bad training camp. He looks erratic and inaccurate. And in the end, they were right. He had a bad season. And they said the defense is going to regress in terms of takeaways. So, again, they were right. They did. And they were what people said, a team set up for regression. Chicago Bulls, I thought they had a chance to compete for the eighth seed. Maybe they would have if they'd stayed healthy. Maybe not. I don't know. They're not very good. There's change coming. The Blackhawks, we had question marks. Really? The Blackhawks are going to make the playoffs? All right, show me. I don't believe it. We'll see. Right. The, the most disappointing team, the White Sox, were in the throes of their rebuild. Now they've come out of that slumber and they have a team that looks really good. But it's the Cubs. It's not even close. You've got Contreras and Rizzo and Baez and Bryant. Schwarber hits 38 home runs. You've got the second highest payroll in all of Major League Baseball, and you lose the last nine and don't go to the playoffs. For me, it's not close. It's the Cubs. Well, and I actually want to leave you with this because I I would actually agree with you. I do believe it is the Cubs. But in terms of the Bulls, where does this go from here? Where do you think that as this season winds down, what's going to happen with the front office? Are we going to see major change, or is it just going to be status quo and business as usual over there? Uh, In terms of the Bulls? Yeah. I think there's going to be major change. I think they would like to get Sam Presti from Oklahoma City, but they have to be prepared to write a check for probably $50 million. That'd be great. Five and six years at eight or nine or ten million dollars a year, and they got to get out of the way and say, "Go ahead, go get him, big guy." I just have never seen the Bulls do that, so I'll believe it when I see it. I do think they'll make a change in the front office. There'll be a new impactful voice. I think there'll be a new head coach and a new coaching staff. I think they'll overhaul the scouting department. Like I think there's going to be impactful change, but I'll believe that they're serious about totally doing it the right way when I see it. Couldn't agree more. Cap, thank you so much for joining us on In the Game. Enjoy New York, and also stay safe out there with everything that's going on with the with this whole coronavirus. So I hope to have you back on in the future. Thank you for being on today. You too, man. Have a great day. Call anytime. I always enjoy chatting with you. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Cap. That is David Kaplan, the host of Cap and Company on ESPN 1000, Mondays through Fridays, 9 a.m. to noon. And he is the host of many shows on NBC Sports Chicago, including Cubs pre and post and Sports Talk Live. You can follow him on Twitter at the Cap Man. That's Cap with a K at the Cap Man. I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. I want to thank David Kaplan for joining me on today's program. You can follow the show on Twitter at In the Game Show. And yeah, we will be back next week. Not sure who the guests will be for next week. I'm talking to a couple people. Hopefully, we will have one scheduled for next week. If not, it will just be you and me talking and trying to figure out what's going on in this crazy sports world. So thank you all very much for listening. And until next time, be sure to keep your heads in the game. Mm